Before we get to our really dope, really, again, our staple, the mailbag, and by staple, I'm using it very ironically, I need to tell you guys about CBDMD. And uh, again, trust me, as someone that suffers from insomnia, getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done. But don't worry, our friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to get the sleep that you de deserve. They were, t we're talking about CBDPM. And CBDPM blends melatonin and other sleep-promoting ingredients with 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. Trust me, guys, I've tried it. It knocks me right out. I get the eight, nine hours so that I can give you these fresh hot takes. Believe me, they're powered by CBDMD right now. And to make it even easier, our friends at CBDMD, to, again, just get your sleep. They're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code NBA for your 25% off purchase of superior products CBD from CB, our friends CBD at, MD, at CBDMD. It is time. Let's get to the mailbag. Let's get to your questions. Let's get to the show, y'all. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter. And it's a little more important nowadays because we're doing the mailbag episodes like the one we're doing today. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Not of the Scribe. Send in your questions, and we'll get to them on Wednesdays, and we've got some good ones to get to here. We have some fresh ones. We have some ones that we put in the vault that we're bringing out because they're evergreen, and we can even apply them to some of the topics that surround the Charlotte Hornets. Also, at the end of today's show, I want to go and uh, talk about James Borrego's press conference that he had with media yesterday, discussing the NBA's policy on everything, his perspective on COVID-19, possible Hornets at All-Star Weekend, his thoughts on whether he would be okay with that. So we've got that in segment three. But let's get to it. Nada put it out there just a week ago. Let's do a Hornets mailbag episode. It's become a staple. And by staple, I mean this is the second time we've ever done it. But it's hey, going to be a staple. Still a staple. <laughs> two weeks old is still a staple. The staple is fresh, but it is a staple it, nonetheless. And it's solidly in there here with the show. So let's get to it. Um, we've got one question in coming in from the Twitter handle, the Project C. He says, I got a topic for the show slash mailbag. Why are the same folks that crushed Rich Cho for abandoning the rebuild early asking for Mitch to do the same? Nada, you love this question. You wanted yes, to get to this one immediately. You yes. wanted to pound your chest and point to everyone because of this question saying, yes, yes, the Project C, he nailed it on the head. Why do you think he nailed it? Let's start with this. Every time I see someone... And, and this is mainly like the Project C knows my heart and he also he probably sees my mentions. So I'm not even going to I'm not going to say this is not also from a selfish point of view to his to an extent. Mm -hmm. But every time we have the every time a, a free agent or a big man's on the trade block, whether it's Blake Griffin or whether it's Andre Drummond and it's a big ticket item and people want to flood my mentions with let's go for it. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Because. People don't seem to realize that we're in year two, or if you're 
really wanting to be advancing this. You want to say year three of a rebuild, and it's time to go for the playoffs. And I guess I'm at the point where I guess I like Walker. Did you have expectations for more than a round of the playoffs this year? No, I did not. Did you have expectations when you started this year for the playoffs? Um, my expectations were that you could sneak into the eighth seed, but more than likely it was going to be anywhere uh, from, I would say, at max seven to ten. That was my expectation, getting beat down pretty nicely in the first round. So what you're saying is if there were a trade for, let's say, even a John Collins where you had to burn multiple first rounders, you wouldn't yeah. do it, right? No, I would not. I would not do it. So what I'm saying is, and the Project C nails this, is why are we? Why is the fan base so ready to skip steps to get to a point where we are burning first round picks and putting ourselves back in the same situation that was 2016, which was, oh my God, this team is over leveraged. It's a cap. It's a high cap, high tax team, and they can't make any improvements. They can't improve, and they can't take on bad salaries and get high high picks and stuff like that. And we can't operate like every other small market. Instead, we're operating like every over-leveraged uh, over mid-market team. And it's getting kind of annoying, Walker. I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, I'm seeing the same people that did not learn, that complained about how the Kemba, Kemba reign ended, wanting to go back into that with LaMelo on, rookie, on a rookie-scale contract. Like, I don't personally understand. Can you help explain why there may be that that fervor to improve this team to the point where they can't win more than a round? Well, I think it's when we were talking about going to a rebuild and you talked about this. And I think a lot of people discuss this as well. It's you want to rebuild until you're in year two and you're still not even close to getting out of a rebuild. It's the lack of patience that a lot of people had, not knowing what you really want in the first place. And I'm not saying that applies to everyone, but it is tough. You don't want to lose and you don't want to be a team that isn't really going to compete all that much. And even with us here in Charlotte, having a fun team the last couple of years, it, last year I thought was a fun basketball team. You still had Miles slamming it on everybody's head. You still had Devonte and the resurgence or just the surge of Devonte. There was nothing re about it. It was first on the scene. And so you get, you get Devonte's performance and there were some fun qualities about that team last year. And now you have LaMelo who is just fun in a bottle. He he, you drafted yes. fun at third overall, um, and now he's getting a ton of national attention and shining a, a brighter light on this team. And yet still, here we are as a team that is very much so expected to finish within that 7 to 10 range, I think, that we've been talking about. It, it's why you brought up a couple of the examples there. I, Russell Westbrook, I remember tweeting out on draft night. The, the worst case scenario was, was trading up and the real worst case scenario was trading for Russell Westbrook and I'll ugly cry. It, it, I didn't want Russell. I, I didn't even want Gordon Hayward at the very beginning of all of this. The guy's been and awesome. ends up being the best <laughs> of the bad options. Right well, now. and he always was, to be is. fair. Like, if it was Gordon Hayward or Russell Westbrook, I would have chosen to sign Gordon Hayward 10 times out of 10 compared to Russell Westbrook. But I didn't even want Gordon Hayward, and he's been awesome so far this year. I always knew he was going to make them a better basketball team, but we'll see how it ends up as the years go on because there's still a lot of time left on that deal. And then when you're talking about trading for an Andre Drummond, trading for a Blake Griffin trading for any of these other guys that hey seems like a shot that we could take one of these stars that are maybe not 
at the end of their career, but they've certainly taken that exit. They're certainly thinking about they're in the right lane and they might have a couple of years left. And it's just like, no, I don't, I don't want those guys at that kind of money to help get them in the playoffs and then watch them leave a couple of years from now. And then us be back in this situation again, because that's worse. That's, yeah, exactly. It's way worse. And so I like, understand the question. Like I, at this point, like I am of the mind I, we were just in the projects and not able to afford anything. Why people want to risk it all just to go back a year or two later? Like, we're a mid-market franchise, guys. We're always going to be back in that lower tier because, unfortunately, the way the NBA is structured, stars will leave mid, small and mid-market teams unless your name is Tim Duncan. So, like, I understand that you want to do the most for LaMelo while he's still here. I understand that. But there's a way to do it smartly, and there's a way to do it wisely, and to, there's a way to build it so that you're consistent, sustainably winning even if LaMelo leaves. That's the point I'm having. I'm not ready to skip steps. I'm not willing to risk it all for John Collins, which also has its other pro- problems because now you're accelerating the timeline on, suge- on trading either PJ or Miles or make, having to make a decision on all three. And, oh, yeah, John Collins probably comes with a $20 million a year uh, cap figure ne- starting next year because, oh, yeah, he's a free agent. Yeah, There's and- a lot of this mm-hmm. that people don't seem to understand that there are other – ramifications and repercussions to these kind of decisions like this is not one of those things you make in a vacuum this is a if we're going to do this we have to shuffle around a lot of pieces to do it and make it work and i'm not sure people are prepared for the repercussions should that happen i want to continue to talk about that there are a couple of questions we've gotten from our smart listeners that can transition easily into other different topics but first i would like to discuss bet online ag bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action football might be over but the nba and college basketball and the nhl they're all in full swing bet online even covers awards tv shows and reality tv they have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts we have more mailbag questions coming up uh, on locked on hornets podcast this is locked on hornets and I was cutting a rug in that place. Not a funk master flag. Shout out so, to him. Again, Walker, how old are you again? Uh, I am 28 years old. <laughs> I didn't know a person under 35 used cutting a rug anymore. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily pod breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. You can start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. Another question that we got, and I think this does transition from the first one, talking about all these trades that the Hornets could be a part of. Grayson Tappy on Twitter writes in, what is the solution at Big Man? Cody's play has been encouraging and it might be good to resign him as a rental until we find a new solution or have him groom a young guy. If not, do you think we can make a move at the deadline if we continue to contend or do we address it in the draft? So 
covering all of our bases there. That's how you. I, I appreciate that. That's a smart question. It's a very smart question. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what do you do with Cody? Do you resign him? Do you resign him and draft somebody? Do you just redraft somebody? We ask this kind of question to Rick Bennell, Nada, because it's been a, a reoccurring topic on this pod. Cody, actually, as we've gone on in time, are the chances more likely that he stays with the Charlotte Hornets? And he thought it had a lot to do, Rick Bennell did, had, had a lot to do with the first round pick. If you're picking within the top 10 and, and you pick a big guy, then does that make Cody Zeller more expendable? Does it allow you to actually try to re-sign him and have him groom whoever that top 10 big guy pick is? I don't know. I think that the solution at big man for me, Nada, I would like to re-sign Cody. I think that it's I think that they'll have enough money to do so and I don't think Cody is going to demand a ton on the open market and then leave. I think he also wants to stay here in Charlotte. Um and again I I go back to the time that he handled the first contract. He just seemed to be relieved to be done with it. You know, he, not yeah. wanting to take a crazy hometown discount, but it also wasn't somebody that was fighting tooth and nail to get that extra 2 mil on his contract per year. He was like, "You know what? I'm just kind of happy to be done with it. I didn't really want to focus on it that's just who Cody is uh, he's just it, it for you know for better or worse it doesn't matter to me it's just how Cody Zeller is he just wants to get this done it, I, I don't feel like this is going to be a contract that continues to be fought on from either side and and they can get something done pretty quickly if they decide that the Hornets do want to bring uh, Cody back I think he's the guy and you do draft it doesn't prohibit you from drafting someone but my plan is to re-sign him and then when we have these trade conversations not it goes into you know like yeah. you bring up John Collins he's different in that he's young and exciting but I don't want to give up first it's rounders. The price tag. I, it, it, the price tag. And also, you know, defensively, he's not great by any means. And when you talk about winning basketball, is that someone that, you know, you bring in a lot and, and lose all these first rounders and you know for a fact, yeah, this is a guy that is going to make a huge, huge difference when one of the biggest problems is rim protection right now. Like, the, yeah. you know, when, and John Collins isn't going to bring you that. Offensively, he's awesome. But I just don't want to give up that price tag for John Collins. And I also want to go to Josh Eberle's tweet the other day. And Josh Eberle tweeted, are we sure Andre Drummond is much better than Cody Zeller? Yo, and, I saw that and I was just like, and he's right. Yeah, he is right. And it's funny because a ton of the responses to that tweet were like, oh my God, Josh, seriously, like we're doing this with Andre. We've gone too far. <laughs> and it and it goes to show you the disrespect around the league for Cody Zeller. And, and it blows my mind. Guys, like Andre Drummond last year got traded for a second round pick. He got traded for the official literal minimum in order to make a trade happen, in order to make a trade transaction. I mean, it, yeah, and, and and just so you don't even have to go through the whole waiver thing, like it's literally the bare minimum you can do to actually call a trade a trade. And that's what Andre Drummond went for. Now, the Nets would be interested in maybe the buyout market for Andre, but no one's traded for him yet. I mean, the guy's not playing in games and no one's traded for him yet. And so it's like, yeah. there's a reason no one is going to trade for Andre Drummond. And no, I don't think he's better than Cody Zeller. What do you think about all that? No, no. So here's the thing. Like, I, and it's something that Rick said about Devante when we had him on a couple of weeks back. And it's very true. If the Hornets wanted Andre Drummond by now, Andre Drummond would have been in the Hornets uniform. 
the fact that he's not and he continues to not be tells you that they again the Hornets aren't infatuated with what Andre Drummond can bring to this team. And it's just one of those things like I'm okay with not having a quote unquote big ticket center right now. I'm okay figuring out what we have in Nick Richards, who as of this recording right now, that's right. 35, <laughs> I just got, the just email. got sent, just got sent back down to got sent to the Greensboro, the G league bubble. So he must not have anything that, so there's that. So, but I'd rather see what Vernon Carey has next year or if Nick Richards gets some time in to get better because I've seen enough to where I understand the vision. I want to see if Cody Zeller or, or Bismack Biombo, and most importantly, Walker, at this point, I want to see what's going to be in this draft because this draft looks to be loaded. If Isaiah, Tom, uh, Isaiah Todd and Evan Mobley, who may be dropping out of the top five, are there, then you can possibly mortgage some picks. I'd much rather mortgage picks on a guy like Evan Mobley, who's a legitimate seven-footer, than I would to mortgage it for John Collins, who we know cannot defend right now. He can score, but he can't defend. Yeah. We need this team to be better. We need this team to be young. We need this team to be sustainable. The idea of let's go for it right now because I don't trust the lottery is a very paranoid one. Mitch hasn't missed on a pick yet, guys. Give him the benefit of the doubt to make the right selections. So I'm saying let's be patient because for right now, this team is built like the way it was supposed to have been built for years. It's built with a small market mindset and a sustainability mindset. Let's not go outside of the realms of possibility because we're not contending. We're nowhere close to an Eastern Conference final right now. I don't see the point in going for it because that cap figure is probably the cap or the cost you're going to have to pay is not going to be one that you can easily like wipe away the, the following year. Um, real quickly, I do want to talk about Nick Richards. He is getting assigned to the G League. And not I, I want to say this, too, because I thought it was an interesting point when watching what happened this weekend. When we were talking about the available players that the Hornets had, there was really eight, and yet Nick Richards still wasn't getting any playing time despite them needing to go to some fresh bodies. And I know some of that maybe is matchup-based and needing – I, I understand all I of that. I don't think it would have been fair to the guys that were playing a lot of big minutes if to put him in. Well, and – but it goes to my point on why I'm not surprised at all, like that this is a guy that would go to the G League. He's just not yeah. getting enough run. And this is what James Borrego and this organization, they like to get guys minutes, even if it is at a lower level of basketball, because playing is the most important thing. Playing live action basketball is, is above all else. And, and even if it doesn't mean that it's the only way to improve, but this organization values playing real minutes even at the G League level and they say that is the most important thing even if it's not the only thing that can lead to development and that's why I'm not surprised Nick Richard wasn't getting any minutes and anybody on this team that's young and they don't get minutes they are uh it's a real possibility that they play with the Greensboro Swarm yeah it's, and it's fine to be okay to, to play with the Greensboro Swarm right now like Vernon Carey's leading this the league the G League in scoring right now that's what he's doing with constant minutes now granted does that mean he's ready to play in the league right now probably not especially on the defensive end 
But for right now, him getting minutes, him figuring out what to do, this is all part of the plan about developing your second rounders. There are no such things as wasted picks. Getting guys real chances at mm-hmm. real minutes and getting them acclimated to the league so that by summer league next by summer league later this year and next season they're ready to be contributors. We've seen this happen now. It's working. Devontae Graham's an example. Jalen McDaniels, when he plays well, is an example. We have all of these examples. I don't understand why everybody wants to shop at Applebee's and go get something to go from Applebee's when it ain't that good when you have really good raw materials to make a nice five-star meal at home. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Let's um, figure out if there's a five-star meal at home before we go and lower ourselves with that. What, what I do want to caution, though, Nada, it's we could get very spoiled to the point where we just expect second-round picks to be contributors where it doesn't happen like that. And even Mitch okay. Cup, where every, every single one, like Devontae has become a real contributor. I really like Jalen McDaniels. Cody Martin, at least for a while, looked like a real contributor. Now we'll Caleb see. Caleb Martin, though. Yeah, but Caleb as well. No, you're right. As this team gets better, right? Like We can't say this team is void of talent compared to all the other teams and then say, here are real guys on a real NBA team constantly, because as this team gets better and as you get top 10 picks, they're going to come in because they're talented in the first place. And you know, you're hoping those guys work out certainly. And maybe you start to look at the free agent market because you've got some dough to work with now, then you don't have as much opportunity for Caleb. You don't have as much opportunity for Cody, which we're already seeing that from him now. And so while I'm totally with you on trusting Mitch, like I, I think he's a really good evaluator of talent certainly in the second round even with me not liking how the second round worked out this year i i do think it's worked out in the past we can't just continue to say every one of these guys are hits going forward and they're going to stay in the rotation i I just and i don't and and we need to caution from that like oh this didn't work out what a what a bleep pick that was like no this is the imperfect process of selecting and an unpredictable process in the NBA. It's just what drafts are. It doesn't yes. matter what league you're talking about. It's just what drafts are. Here's something else that I didn't predict. I thought I would have had an energy bar by now, but I didn't. I'm surprised. I'm going to get Wait, one. Wait, no built su- bar for you? Not right now. I mean, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get one as soon as this recording is done. I've only got about four or five more left. So oh, Built no. Bar, if you're listening, please hook up your boy because they're delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, and including the brand new flavor that they just released. It's the coconut brownie chunk. My God, that thing was insane. I ate all of those up, and now I've got some from the previous box that I got to go back to after eating all of the coconut brownie chunk. They're healthy for you, too. Great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in that delicious treat you're talking about anywhere between 130 to 180 amount of calories in each bar so you don't have to feel guilty plenty of grams of protein as well and you get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order again use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com we get to some fun mailbag questions coming up in the last segment of locked on hornets this is locked on hornets February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presence More Than... God almighty. (laughs) Keep this... You're you're not deleting this at all. This is going to end up being a a, a bit. I promise you. It's going to... No. No, it's going to be a bump. It's going to be a bump. Let it... Let it... Just let it be. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. 
Go behind the scenes of the game you love and get all sides of the story with the Rejecting the Screen podcast. Each week, Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko get personal while interviewing players, coaches, media members, all the people who make the NBA happen. You can subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcast. So, um, James Borrego had some comments yesterday. I want to get to those, but this is the mailbag episode, and we can get to that tomorrow because now the Hornets aren't playing. Like we don't have yeah, any we're content. Not, we're not playing for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. we, we got to come up with content. We got to stretch out the content till at least next Monday. Yeah, at least. And we don't even know if they're going to play Saturday. That's going to be a, a close call as well. So let's get to some more questions. These are these are some fun ones. Uh, Nada, this has you draped all over it. <laughs> this is yes. the one that I I felt you through my Twitter app gleaming and glowing with the type of happy that you had as soon as you read this Russell Varner tweets in is LaMelo ball makes people stupid the new Cam Newton makes people stupid or are we not at that point yet not oh, a, no, this is a question for you are we we're at that here. point yet oh we're, we are absolutely here at this point because quite honestly like I understand that people like had their misgivings about like LaMelo Ball from his father, from what Lonzo was and LaVar. Like most of their, most of the stupidity that came from, that came with LaMelo had to do with his daddy and had very little to do with him. Or if anything, they were reacting to people saying, okay, here's a 17-year-old kid acting like a 17-year-old kid in a, uh, in a professional league in Australia or Lithuania, this, that, and the third. Where I have my problem is when you have these grown men that will say this guy was the wrong thing, this guy was the wrong pick for this team, or if you're going to try and issue a retraction in a column and then say, uh, I was wrong, but you know what? You know who was better in, two, in, in his first two years? Nick Batum, the guy that I've tried to defend and I liked oh, no. and I understood <laughs> his, his, his struggles. But I'm not going to say, you know what? Nick Batum was better. I'm never going to fix my lips to say that. You know why I'm not going to say that? Because I'm not an idiot. And more importantly, I'm not the guy that's going to try and start up some stuff just so I can get clicks. I'm um, not here for that anymore. <laughs> I, st- I want <laughs> that, to. That's hilarious that you went that way. I didn't know you were going that way at, with this question. But for me, Nada, I don't think we're there yet. Like people have kind of at least taken they're, a lap around the neighborhood. Now, here's the thing. If they're not there, though, Walker, they are at least traipsing on the border. But, but here's the thing with me. Look, man, you're talking about a black flamboyant quarterback, okay? Like, who's going to piss off more white people than that? Like, it, it's, it's not going to be LaMelo. It's going to be Cam Newton, who – that guy won an MVP of the league, and we still – and we still didn't love him. He was still polarizing, right? Like, like quarterbacks that win the MVP of your the entire league that go to a Super Bowl at least. And, and by the way, it's not like there's another person that won a Super Bowl with this organization. There's been another team that got there, but not another team that won. So he achieves the highest level of success that another team has ever done. He wins an MVP, but he's polarizing because he's flamboyant as hell. And we can have all the black stereotype quarterbacks conversations that Lamella Ball is never going to be a part of in that regard, right? Like that, that there's something different there than what Lamella could ever dream of reaching. And so even if I understand the question, even if we can talk about some of the stuff that, yeah, like Lamella might be looked at in a different light, not a, to me, he's never even going to come close to reaching the kind of discourse we had about Cam Newton as a quarterback here in Carolina. 
Oh, sir, sir, sir. I think you're being entirely too naive about this. Oh, I, really I mean, do. you're I, being naive. Uh, again, I, I, and I'm I not being this. naive. I recognize the problems that white people had with a black quarterback, that a guy like an MVP award winner that got them to the Super Bowl, they were that polarized about him. When we have LaMelo, are we really delving into the to, to, to that kind of conversation? Like, I don't oh, think we're we going are. to have... We are. Do you want? Do you want to know why? Because sure. again, we're talking. Again, we're getting all these articles, and Lamelo hasn't done a single ad yet. Wait till he gets starts getting that advertising money. Wait till that slippage starts happening, or if he he does slip, or if it's different, or he has a sophomore slump, and you see more Lamelo ball ads. You think it's bad now? Like it's not bad now, but it'll get bad. But th- th- that's that's not my thing. My 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 point is not that you know, that people are going to hate his attitude, right? Like we had legitimate questions about Cam Newton, whether he was good or not. Like that's where we got into. And I think that's going to be had on a very, very less level than LaMelo who fits the stereotype more where he's a a black player in the NBA and he's playing point guard and, and people accept that a little bit more than, you know, the quote unquote smart position where this, the flamboyant black quarterback who likes to dress in million dollar clothes that, that drove people crazy there's a reason that you yourself have tweeted out f-150 twitter like that f-150 mm-hmm. twitter lamello ball finds into con, is confined into the structure that is more relatable to them for lamello or not relatable but more acceptable to them cam newton didn't like you can't play quarterback at that level and so yeah people might not like lamello in his attitude people not might not like lamello for the flashy passes but it's never going to reach the level of cam because black quarterback that hits different than black point guard we hope. We hope. We hope. <laughs> I think so, at least. Like, I mean, we yeah, hope. I, 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 we hope. I'm, I'm pretty sure about that, at least. All right, let's get to the next one real quickly. Let's end. Man, we, we did almost. We did go to the afternoon spa, or after the school kids special on that one. Yes, uh, we let's did. get let's get to a fun one uh, at Amanda underscore Helms. Oh, I see her frequently. Always appreciate Amanda for listening to the show. If you could pick one player from another team to complete uh, the Hornets, no superstars. Who would it be? Also, does LaMelo make Charlotte more of a free agent destination? You know, that's funny because, Nada, you were talking about Al Jefferson. I think somebody said this team just needs Al back. And oh, we, we love Al. Like, I mean, yeah, I, oh, God. he probably he probably doesn't fit as well with this roster. Like, he, he still would be a, a great player. He still is going to help you, certainly offensively. But, you know... For me, Al, yes, like I was with I, you. I like how you're couching this because we both love Al. We, oh, like God, it. how do you not love Al? Uh, he still <laughs> helps you, but right, like it's not like you want him back on this team w- with this kind of roster. He's going to slow it down, man. Like Al, you know, as we're trying to pick up the pace, Al is certainly going to slow it down. Um, were you able to come up with a player uh, that, that you would like to have back on this team to uh, to improve them a little bit? Honestly, I, I think the more I think about it, like if we're talking old Bobcats uh, slash Hornets, the name that comes to mind is uh, like Courtney Lee, like a Courtney Lee type where he's not a star, but he's a good defensive two guard that'll get you that'll get you those buckets. Won one of those playoff games with a clutch three to, to uh, against Miami. He's the he's the old Hornet. But if of currently I'm trying to think like. I want, like, Desmond Bain just comes back to my mind. 
And Desmond Bain, obviously, is one of those guys you, we all know I wanted. You won Desmond Bain so badly, you, you yes. used a former Hornet, a Hornet Bobcat question to go get to Desmond Bain, who's been in the league for 25 yes. games and plays yes. for a different team. Yes, 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 yes. I'm changing the rules. Again, I am altering the deal. <laughs> Pray I don't alter the deal any further. That's all I'm going to leave it at. Well, here, here's where I, I went to. What's funny is we've talked so much about big men. I don't know if there's ever been like a tall athletic guy that that's not a star, at least like Zoe is, you know, obviously a mm-hmm. different animal, but he's a star. He can't count for this question. You know, like there's never been another Cody Zeller type or the, the, the athletic rim running guy that could really help you. Like I, I couldn't go back and find that type of player. I, I'm I'm kind of teetering on this a little because he is a Hornets legend, but Uh-oh. he he's not he's not a star. Uh, what about what about a David Wesley that fits in today's game? You know, like yeah. I was I was thinking yeah. about just a shooter. Yeah. I just wanted somebody that could shoot well, and David Wesley sense. was that guy. So I thought about going back to some of those OG teams and, and looking for them. I think Jamal's too much of a star. Like for me and my self-imposed rules on this game, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, I, I can't get an all-star appearance from you. Like if, if you got one star next to your name, then you're already out. So okay. no, no Eddie Jones, no Baron Davis, no Jamal Mashburn because he okay. made an all-star team he, You know, at, at any point in his career. No, you can't do that. So you, you couldn't have made an all-star team. Um, that means Jared Wallace obviously couldn't make it. Um, yeah. So like, I, I just, what I kind Eddie of Robinson? With, with who Eddie Robinson. <laughs> yeah. I, as much as I love me some Eddie uh-oh. Robinson, uh-oh. well, he's, 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 he's not good backhand. enough, right? He's he, not he, good enough. Here comes a backhand. Here no, comes, yep, just, there it is. There it is. <laughs> there, there it was. There stop it was. doing this. Stop making me talk bad about players that I loved back in the day. <laughs> I need you to stop that because it's not fair. I'm going to lock it in at David Wesley. I know he may, it's only another crowded backcourt. Like what, what are some, what are some small forwards that could actually, uh, that could actually help you. Lee Nalon, man. I don't think he's helping you. He was, he was more you're stop. Like, you know, I love lefty Lee. Here you are just and slandering them left and right on the podcast. Better hope they don't hear this. Um, let's all right. Let's what does Lamelo make the Hornets a better free agent destination? I'm going to look up more players to try to answer the first one. But does uh, Lamelo make the Hornets a better free agent destination? Probably not because of Charlotte. I mean, he's the big thing is like actually no. I'm I'm going to retract that. I'm going to say let's see where they are competitively in a year or two because if their Eastern Conference Finals good. Or they get another player, a, a really high-level shot maker, then you're going to see people take buyouts, and this and Charlotte become a buyout destination. I just want people to understand that it's going to matter how much they're competitive. Lamelo doesn't do it by himself. He ends up if, if he's the catalyst, then cool. But winning's going to come first. People are going to people want to win. People are willing to take less to win. We've figured that much out thus far in the NBA. So people are going to take less than wins, and people are going to understand that winning brings eyeballs. So if they win, and they're currently winning right now, they're sixth in the East, I think give it a year or two, and if they're competitive, they're a top-four seed, you're going to want to, you're going to see people come here, take buyout. The, they'll be buyout candidates, this, that, and the third, and it's going to be a really interesting situation all around. But they got to win first. Yeah, and, and from so 
What's interesting about these small market teams is you need to be good and you need to establish another guy. And then I think that's when you start to get some of the small market free agent destinations to be talked about a little bit more. Um, and, and But I, I do think LaMelo makes it more. It, it, he only helps is the, is the way to look at this. Uh, even with Charlotte never being a huge free agent destination and Al Jefferson is legitimate Well, Gordon Hayward now um, is our biggest free agent des- is our biggest free agent signing of all time. Uh, he only helps LaMelo does. And if Hornets are able to ever get into a place where they're competing for, you know, trying to get past a, a second round of the NBA and they're one all-star away from doing that and they happen to hit free agency, then that would be a lot of fun to see all that unfold. All right. I've got two names now. Nada that I, I'm going to come back to. What are the two names that you're going to end up walking back and slandering? Um, no, that's not going to happen this time. I'm too wise to your game. Now I've grown okay. smarter in the last couple of minutes. Kendall Gill would be a dope name to have come back. You see, I'm not going to make you, I'm not going to say anything because he's a former boxer and he'll beat both of us up. So, so yeah, you got that. You got Kendall, that. Kendall Gill. That's somebody that I think I would welcome. He would be awesome to have come back. And how about this Tyson Chandler? Because he is that center that I was talking about, but he didn't do anything with the Bobcats. Because he had eventually, a toe injury the whole time. Right. And then eventually he would go play with the Dallas Mavericks and be a huge part in their defense to help win a championship. And so if we can get a healthy Tyson Chandler, then that's another guy I would bring back. I did not expect to land on him, but what do you think about those two names? Tyson Chandler is actually the probably the right answer. Tyson again, in a prime prime Tyson Chandler wins this team a lot of games, and they're probably, what, three or four seed right now? We're absolutely above 500. If Dude, Tyson's the right answer. T- I think Tyson's you're right. The right answer. I Tyson's think you're right, right about that. Some other names that were interesting. Uh, Johnny Newman would be fun to bring back him. Multiple, by the way, multiple 40-point score. There were two games that he scored 40 points, which is always something I like to go back to. So those are just a couple of guys. Uh, that was a fun question from Amanda Helms. They're all really good questions. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and interacting with us. Let's do this again next week. On Twitter, absolutely. At Not of the Scribe, at Walker Mail, and at Locked On Hornets. Thanks again to Bilt Bar for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA or any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.